1: You're listening to Perpetual Traffic.
0: Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is episode 225, and the band is back together in this week's episode. Molly Pittman is in the house.
1: How's it going, Ralph? I'm pumped for this one, as always. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks
0: for listening. You're not really in the house. You're actually in Amsterdam, and I'm in Sagamore Beach, (laughs) but we're in houses.
1: We are in our virtual perpetual traffic house here.
0: That's right. And
1: I'm happy for that. (laughs) That's good.
0: And you're actually in a a new uh, office space in Amsterdam. You're getting all serious on us. What the hell? I
1: know. I know. I've decided to settle down here for a little bit. And my new apartment, there's not really a space for an office. And I was looking for a bit more separation. So I've got a really cool private office in this great co-working space lots of smart digital marketers in the building, which is fun, but I can close my door and record stuff like this, which is important for me. So I'm really loving it here. And thanks to everybody who lives here, who's reached out on Instagram and Facebook and given a warm welcome, or maybe I've been able to meet up with you guys for coffee or something like that. Thank you. That's made this experience even more fun. That's
0: very cool. So there's a sizable digital marketing contingent in Amsterdam.
1: Definitely. So the reason that I actually chose this co-working space, a perpetual traffic listener, Papine, he messaged me on Instagram when I first got here and we were chatting about certain co-working spaces and he told me about this particular one. He also works here. And so I came to visit and loved it and we become buddies and he comes up and works in the office sometimes. So lots of digital marketers here. He builds bots and landing pages and runs ads. The other two businesses on this floor are also digital marketing companies. So I mean we're everywhere now, Ralph, especially co-working spaces. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. Totally. It's no longer just a tiny Um,
0: little niche. It's uh it's all gone mainstream.
1: It's a way of life and it's so cool that I can move to a foreign country And have that in common with people. You know, I mean, Dutch people are amazing and they've been so welcoming and I don't feel like an outsider, but it's just nice to have that extra connection too. So it's been really fun and really good. I feel very productive and having this office is good for my schedule and getting into a routine.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's so important. I think there's a lot of people that listen to Perpetual Traffic who do remote work. You know, not necessarily all in offices, but, uh, you know, for an agency like ours, we went through this back a few episodes ago, we actually talked about how we sort of very specifically and very logically built out the whole agency in in a virtual way. But one of the things that's the downside of that is the separation of work and, you know, (laughs) work and state to work and personal. (laughs) (laughs) And life. I know. So (laughs) you having an office space, I think, is great. I actually have a co-working space that I go up in Boston to, which is about 50 miles north, and uh, hang out with Wicked Scott from Wicked Reports there. And, uh,
1: (laughs) but I don't get up up
0: there enough. And it's like, when I go up there, I'm like, ah, this is so nice to just be away from everything and have that separation. And I don't know. I feel like it's just that you. It's like a whole new lease on like creativity and productivity. So it's very cool that you have that. It sounds like it's, it's pretty convenient for you too. It's just a couple minutes walk down the street. right? It's
1: just a, a few blocks from my house. And I completely agree. I think, a way to spark creativity is to change your environment Mm -hmm. or just a way to propel growth is a change in environment. And that this move has definitely been that for me, but I was finding I'm teaching one of my mentorship classes right now, train my traffic person, which we're actually going to talk about here in this episode. And because of the time difference, I'm teaching this class live twice a week at 10 PM at night. Mm -hmm. So about 10 to it usually actually goes to about midnight So I was doing that at my house and then having trouble falling asleep. And so that was really the main driver of me getting this office. And now it's only been a month and I can't imagine it any other way. I've been so much more productive, but I will say it is close to my house and it's easy for me to get to. And I think if it was further away, or there was more friction in in me getting to the office, I probably wouldn't come here as much. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. I mean, I I know a lot of people have offices, like home offices where they can shut the door. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I have one of those, but it's still, it doesn't matter. It's still here. It's like a walk downstairs away. And of course, you know, laptop, like wherever you want. Like we've got good Wi-Fi (laughs) on all like four (laughs) levels. So wherever I am, it's like, I can't really escape from it. So it is nice to have an an extra office space. It sounds like uh, it's boosted productivity and creativity which you need to kind of have those things if you're going to be running some advertising and it sounds like you've been running some advertising recently which is the subject of today's episode and I'm really excited to have you go through this we were just sort of talking about it before we hit record here today this is a complex sales funnel so to speak or sales sequence mm. to sell train my traffic person and we're going to sort of deconstruct that here today on episode 225 and this is now the third time that you've actually done this so absolutely I, i'm really interested to see like what iteration one two three like, was yeah. and kind of how it all evolved
1: definitely yeah
0: you you added some complexity to to the third version of it and obviously it was super successful and I know the deliverables are great. We were just talking about this. A couple of people from the Tier 11 agency are actually in the program, which I didn't even <laughs> yeah. realize it. But thank you, Molly. Thank you, <laughs> of Ezra.
1: Course. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to go behind the scenes, especially for any of you guys that are selling information or services, coaching, consulting, anyone that does launches, period. This is definitely an episode for you because you know I'm going to go behind the scenes and explain exactly how we executed the ad side of the train my traffic person launch that Ezra and I did in September. Uh, We spent about $90,000 on ads and we had a payment plan and the class isn't finished yet. So we haven't seen what the refund rate looks like Mm -hmm. and all of the payments haven't come in, but we're expecting about a 5x return on ad spend here for this launch, which is really exciting. And It wasn't just about making money. The components that we added to this launch also allowed us to generate a bunch of new leads and people into our ecosystem who didn't necessarily buy this product, but may buy products from us in the future. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk more about this. But yes, this is the third time that we've done this. Mm -hmm. So the first time that we launched Train My Traffic Person was last August, August 2018. And it was a much simpler process. Mm -hmm. We had one sales webinar, webinar that we promoted for about a week to generate leads, you know, people signing up for the webinar. We executed and, and held the webinar. We circulated the replay for about seven days after the webinar, and then we closed enrollment to the program. (laughs) It was really simple. It worked, but it was a much smaller scale than what you see here. So if you're just getting started and you're wanting to do maybe a launch like this for the first time, you don't need to go into the complexity of what I'm about to share today and that Ralph just mentioned, because it might just not be necessary and you might not have proof of concept yet. So that was the first stage. The that was in August of 2018. And then this January of 2019, we opened enrollment for the second time. So that launch used that same webinar, the first webinar that worked because we knew that it worked. And then we added a second webinar to the launch that time and a Facebook Live towards the end of the launch where we answered questions and further promoted the program, which I'll talk more about that later. So the second launch was bigger. I don't know if we done Doubled sales from the first launch, but we almost did. And that was sort of the second iteration. And now what I'm about to share here is the third iteration of the launch. And I kind of want to start with the product, Ralph, because that's also evolved. So we're selling a four-month program, class, mentorship, whatever you want to call it, called Train My Traffic Person, where people learn to become a better media buyer. And The real hook behind this is that it's a live class that I teach. You're live with me three to maybe four hours a week. I'm in the Facebook group almost every day, shooting videos, very high touch. I critique your ad copy creative. So it's not just recorded content. It's a lot of back and forth because I feel like that's a real hole in the market right now. There's lots of information out there, but students are still having trouble implementing. So I wanted to have that aspect. And that's really what this program has been. But we realized this time, the third time, of course, there are only so many students that I can have in a class. There's only so much time in my day. So we really cap that mentorship experience at about 100, 110 people. So the first time we sold it, we sold it for $2,000. The second time, this January, we raised the price to 2500 $2,500. This time it was $3000 and I think we'll probably keep it around that price. That sounds really reasonable. But I knew that at this stage we would sell out that 100, 110 we we would sell those seats out. So we added another product this time called the digital product, train my traffic person digital. And this is a product that's only $1,100 and you get access to all of the recordings of the trainings and the Q and A's, but you don't have access to the Facebook groups or the live calls to ask questions. So that's the difference. And we wanted to test it this time to see, you know, would people take this offer (laughs) because (laughs) If so, it makes Train My Traffic person so much more scalable, not only from a launch perspective, but also if we ever want to evergreen this. So we did test that this time. So there were really three options. You could either purchase the mentorship for a one-time payment of $3,000, or we did offer a three-payment option. I think it was $1,100 a payment. I can't remember exactly that you would make over the course of the next three months, or we had this digital option, which was one payment of $1,100. So those were the product options. But when we started, it was just one option, one payment, (laughs) $2,000. That was the first launch, but we've gotten a bit more complex here since we're doing this for the third time. Does that make sense, Ralph? Yeah,
0: totally makes sense. And for those of you sort of keeping track at home, you spent about ninety thousand dollars on the third one. Can you give us an idea how much you spent on ads for the first and the second one? Yeah,
1: the first one we spent about twenty to thirty thousand. The second one we spent about sixty to seventy, and now this one we spent ninety. We actually had budgeted to spend a hundred to one hundred and twenty-five, mm-hmm. but the launch was happening within a one-month time frame, and there were a few mistakes that I made that I'll talk about. Ooh, that I love talking about our, mistakes. Yeah. Me too. That throttled our reach a little bit, where in the end, I wasn't able to spend as much as I wanted because the retargeting audience size just, I couldn't show them any more ads. Hmm. <laughs> I had done what I could do, yeah. but we were still really pleased. And this took it to the next level. And we also created new assets for this launch that we're going to be able to use moving forward. So Ralph, maybe I could go through the sequence of the offers and kind of how this month really went down. Yeah. (laughs) And then we could dive into each of the offers and I can talk about how much we spent, what the results were, what objectives I used in Facebook, that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just for all of you guys, we're going to have a lot of show notes here as well. Uh, We might be able to pull out some of the ads and show those. But we're going to focus in on, obviously, launch number three here. And for Mm -hmm. those of you who are saying, all right, well, this is Molly Pittman who did this. And she did it with Ezra Firestone, who was obviously... He has a list. You have a following. But a lot of this was cold traffic.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's what I'll talk about a lot because I knew we had to shift – you know, we did this twice in a year. It's a high ticket program. I knew that from our warm audiences, we were kind of running out of people who would buy this program. So a big shift that we had to make here was really relying on cold traffic. and, And I'll talk a lot about that. And just to give you guys a little breakdown of how the sales ended up looking, About 60 people. I don't have the exact numbers. John sent them to me a few weeks ago and I can't find them, but these are almost dead on, Ralph. About 60 people took the one payment for the mentorship. About 50 people took the three pay option and about 55 people purchased the digital option. So that's how the breakdown looked, and we were really pleased with that. That's awesome. um, it proved we have proof of concept now on this digital, and that's you know about fifty-five to seventy thousand dollars added on to the bottom line that we wouldn't have had if we didn't offer that. Yeah. And I love seeing the three pay do well, too, because it shows me that that made it easier for some people that might not have had all of that cash up front to be a part of the program. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And I love the fact that you capped out the live portion at about 100 or 110 people, which is super smart. Yeah,
1: That's it. That's all we can do. So let's go through the offers and how this worked. Yeah, let's do it. So the first real big new piece of this launch that really allowed us to scale was a free seven day Facebook ads class that some of you guys might've seen. It's something that I shot here in Amsterdam, throughout the seven days, they get a new video. It's very similar to Jeff Walker product launch formula style. The only difference is that we added more videos. So he usually has three or four videos where we had seven because I really loved the hook of build a Facebook campaign with me over the next seven days. Hmm. And then every day they got a new video that led them through the process. So the first video was about creating the strategy. Then we went into their offer. Then the copy be creative targeting, you know, everything that we talk about here, I taught them those topics over the seven days. And then of course, asked them to go build a campaign themselves and people got great results. People were getting great traction just off of the free class, which always feels great. Another part of this particular offer that I think was really attractive was that I was building a campaign with them. So I have a buddy named Dave who has a hot sauce making kit company. Hmm. DIYKits.com, I think is the URL. It's DIY Kits is the brand name. And they have all of these different kits: bath bomb making, gin, and gin. this hot sauce gin, right? Um <laughs> crazy, right? But this hot sauce one was especially interesting to me. And I think they had sold over like half a million dollars of these kits last year on Amazon, but they had never really figured out. Facebook ads to their Shopify store. So I used them as an example throughout the free class. And I think that was just extra interesting for people because it wasn't just me teaching, I was also showing. Mm. So each of those videos was about 20 minutes long. I didn't want to go into too much detail to where people didn't need to buy my class, but I wanted to give them enough information that they could really do something with it and so that they got a ton of value out of it and so that it's a no-brainer for them to opt in you know, and give me their email address. So we started ads for this class. Again, I shot this about three weeks before at the end of July here in Amsterdam. I did have a video guy shoot all of this. His name was Pete. He was amazing. I'm so glad that we did take the extra time to have this shot professionally because I think it just looked good and and it made people enjoy it further. But we ran ads for this seven-day mini class. This is really how we started the launch on August 16th, and those ads ran through August 27th. So they ran for about 11 days, and this class generated 18,310 total opt-ins from Facebook, which we were really happy with at $1.63 a piece. I had never tested this offer before. This was brand new, so we had no idea what to expect. I was expecting more like a $5 to $7 cost per lead, Mm. maybe, because that's more of what we get for webinars, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But I think because number one, we did a great job with the ads, the ad copy and the creatives. I'll include those in the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. But I put a lot of time and thought into shooting these ads. We did a lot of video ads that I shot with the video guy. You guys might have seen them, you know, me typing on my phone and then pointing at it. And it said, you know, sign up for my free seven day class. Love um, that ad. You know, There was an image of me holding a Facebook mug that did for really well. Larry so co-starred we put, in that too, didn't he? <laughs> Larry co-starred. Yeah. Yes. So there's a video of Larry on my lap and I'm petting him and then, you know, I get a text on my phone about the class. So, yeah, you remember, this worked well because the offer was great, the ads were really thought out, and the conversion rate on the page was very high, like 70 to 90% wow. depending on the day. And a lot of that was because that offer was a no-brainer. Like, duh, I'm going to give my name and email address in exchange for a seven-day free Facebook class. So this was probably... The most important part of the launch that we added that was really new here. We had never done this before, and we ran a lot of this too cold traffic. So, a lot of these people were people that had never engaged with us before, and it allowed us to really reach outside of our warm audiences, which was so powerful. And people thoroughly enjoyed the class, and they got to know me. You know, over the course of seven days, seven times 20 minutes, that's about, you know, 140. 40 minutes with me, learning from me, that's enough to know, hey, do I want to continue to learn with this person? Is this the right time for this program? And at the end of each of those seven days, which is a bit different from PLF, but even at the beginning of the first video... I start to pitch Train My Traffic Person. Hmm. So I didn't wait till the end. I just mentioned it at the end. Hey, we just talked about creating ad strategy for your campaigns. You know, if you enjoyed this, you would love my 16-week mentorship, Train My Traffic Person. I went into the details and made a call to action for them to go to trainmytrafficperson.com. Something else that we did a little bit different too is that this aspect this 7-day mini class it was automated so if you opted in on August 16th you got the day 1 video that day and then of course every day you know thereafter if you didn't opt in until August 27th that day you got the first video. So that's a little bit different from a normal PLF where, you know, everybody's having the same experience, you know, if you opt in next week, well you're going to get videos one and two, but the other ones are already released, right? Because it's more of a live launch. So we did that just because It would be easier on our support team to not get as many questions about where the videos are. And, you know, I'm really offering this free seven-day class. I want it to start the day the person engages with us. So we spent about $30,000, $29,765 on that mini class. And I want to make what I think is a really important point here. Your level of risk will obviously change depending on how many times you've sold the thing that you're selling and the way that you're selling it. But I think what's really important in a launch, and this applies to selling live events or anything that's sold in a very timely manner, we set a budget before this. And we even did this before the first launch. Mm-hmm. And we decided. That no matter what, we are willing to spend, and maybe no matter what is a stretch, like if these leads were coming in at $200 a piece, I'm probably not going to scale that. So maybe not no matter what, but as long as things are looking reasonably well in terms of our metrics, not including sales data, but cost per lead, cost per click, all of this, we are going to spend... $30,000 on this particular mini class, even though we don't know if it's going to generate sales for us. But the reason for that and why I think this is an important mindset thing during a launch is that... The beauty of a launch is that most people buy at the end. Mm-hmm. The beauty of the launch is the scarcity that is provided by the closing of that launch. About 30 to 40% of our sales came in the last two days of this launch. Amazing. So if I would have been running these ads for this mini class and I'm spending money and sales aren't coming in yet, right, because I'm at the beginning of the launch, Well, I might have stopped... Running these ads, I might not have spent 30 grand. And a lot of the people that ended up buying at the end of the launch because they needed to go through that entire process, I might not have ever reached them at the top of the funnel. So I think it's really important with something like this to try to decide on a budget and stick with it. And these aren't the types of campaigns that you're running like you would with an evergreen campaign. Hey, is this making me money right now? I'm either going to scale it or not scale it. Mm That's not really how a launch works. Does that make sense, Ralph? And I think that's important for people to understand. The goal of spending this 30 grand was to generate a ton of leads mm-hmm. to fill the top of the funnel because we know a lot of scarcity is coming later
0: in the month. Got it. So in launch one and two, obviously different amounts on this cold traffic and this sort of, we're still in step one here and there's really sort of six steps here. But so $30,000, you set that budget Ahead of time, like why thirty thousand? What was the rationale?
1: I don't know how it worked out. I think we decided we were going 100 to spend a hundred to one hundred twenty-five thousand, mm-hmm. and we said that we were willing to spend thirty to sixty of that on this class. Okay. And I would have spent more on this class. And I'll tell you why I wasn't able to here in a minute because I ran into a little bit of an issue. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is even in the first launch, we decided we're going to spend 20 to 30,000. We knew that 15 to 20 of that, like usually about two thirds of launch spend, should be on the lead generation and whether it's a webinar or a class like this, but giving people interested in the top of your launch funnel, right? Uh, Two thirds of budget is usually spent there. And then the other third is spent on retargeting for scarcity. So for example, the first time that we did this ever with that webinar, we knew we were going to spend 15 to 20k just generating leads for the webinar. We didn't know how that was going to do, but the worst thing that we could have done was, you know, spend too little to where we don't have any real volume of people on the webinar mm-hmm. right yeah. like we were just we knew we were willing to let's say no one buys this great Ezra and I were both out 15k we're willing to take that risk to launch a new program, right? And whatever that means for you, everybody is in different situations. I totally get it. But we were committing to spending that and not saying, oh, well, obviously before a webinar, you don't know how that's going to convert because you haven't even (laughs) sold the product yet. So that's even more risky. But with this one, I just want to steer people away from the way of thinking that you're in the middle of a launch and you're not seeing sales come in. So you really scale back your ad spend. That can be a huge mistake because the beauty of a launch is that it is an entire sales process that you've built into this certain amount of time and you've got to let that time play out. Mm -hmm. So that ran for 11 days. Got it.
0: So can I ask you, like, what was the hook? I mean, I saw some of your ads. Was that pretty much like just follow me creating a campaign? Is that it?
1: Yeah, the two hooks were watch me build because the campaign that I built, I had built it before the class and it worked. So it was like, watch me build this profitable campaign. I told the story of Dave's company. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves a good case study. So that case study hook. And then the other one was... You know, me just sort of speaking to some pain points of if Facebook ads aren't working for you right now, you're struggling, you know, costs are high. Just a a lot of the pain points that we all know media buyers deal with with Facebook Mm -hmm. and then making that call to action. So those were really the two hooks that we used. And Ralph, what's interesting, as I said, I wanted to spend more on this class. Mm. And you see that I ran this class till the 27th. We were actually planning because we opened the cart on the 30th. I'll get there in a minute. Mm -hmm. But the cart was open from August 30th to September 13th. So about two weeks. I wanted to run the seven-day class up until... Maybe September 5th or 6th, up until about a week before we were going to close because the cost per lead was so low. But let me tell you what happened. And this moves us into step two. So step two was a webinar and it was called More Profit from Paid Traffic. This is the webinar that we did the very first time. Almost same webinar. I just change out the examples and freshen up the content a bit, but it works. So why not do it? This webinar tells my story at the beginning. So this is really great, especially because think about it. We've just got 18,000 brand new people onto our list, right? So this webinar, it is tactical, but it's also telling my story, really selling them on the idea of media buying, them getting to know me. And it's about a two and a half hour webinar. It's really meaty. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into the day of the life of a media buyer. I teach. So this webinar was to be held, and it was held on Thursday, August 29th. And what happened, I launched ads on the 25th for this webinar. And I was noticing that the cost per registration was really, really high, like much higher than I ever expected. And I wasn't getting the reach that I was wanting because I was running these ads the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. So only for five days leading up to the webinar. And so I needed results to happen fast because we only had five days to work with. And so what I ended up finding out, so I launched on the 25th, a campaign completely flopped like $200 cost per webinar registrant. Oh, I Jesus. think I showed you earlier, like something was off. I didn't know what was up. Right. So the 26th, I launch another campaign. I just duplicate and restart. That's always my go-to if if something looks funky. Okay, the cost per leads looking okay. Like I think it was more like 11 bucks or something like that. But I wasn't getting the volume of results that I was looking for. So on the third day, on August 27th, I was like, "Whoa, I, something's got to change." And what I realized is that. I was still running the mini class ads, Mm -hmm. which I was using the conversion objective, optimizing for people to land on the thank you page after they opt in. Mm -hmm. I was targeting cold traffic in its own CBO campaign. I was targeting warm traffic in their own CBO campaign. Then I had this webinar where I was also optimizing for conversions. But for people to opt into this webinar, it had its own cold traffic campaign and its own warm cold traffic campaign. And what I was finding is that these two were very much competing against each other because the cold traffic was very similar and the warm traffic was almost identical. And I thought it wouldn't be a huge issue because I was only running these for a few days. But at this point, the mini class ads were at like, you know, Know two to five thousand dollars a day and spend, and it was just too much. So I had to make the hard decision to turn the mini class ads off to sort of save the webinar Mm -hmm. and that was a hard decision but i knew that the webinar was the sales mechanism and i had to show that priority and it was happening thursday and i just had to do this so on the 27th i turned the mini class ads off it hurt because (laughs) they were doing so well and you you know that it might not ever come back (laughs) you know it might not ever do that well but i turned it off and then i relaunched this campaign And we were off to the races. Like that was the problem. So the webinar was held on the 29th. We had a total of 3,844 registrants, 2044 of them were from Facebook at $7.47 a piece, which we're really happy with. Anytime we can keep a webinar between five to 12 bucks, we're super happy. Right. 1800 registrants from other traffic sources, so like our email list, of course, and just organic traffic, people posting about it. Sure. The webinar, 701 people attended, so only an 18.2% show up mm-hmm. rate, which is very low and most people would freak out about but we actually don't mind because we found that especially nowadays guys people just they want to consume content when they want to consume right. it right So what we do, people know that we're always going to provide a replay for our webinars. We even put that on the landing page. So only 18% of people showed up. But what we do that I think is really smart is we have a replay available of that webinar for the following seven days and it expires after those 7 days. So there is some scarcity there just for them to watch the webinar and that replay page is very simple. It's just a page with the video and a button below that that sends them over to the train my traffic person sales page. Mm-hmm. So we spent $15,000 on registration, right? A little bit over 2,000 registrants. It's a bit over $7 a piece. But then we also spent almost 5 grand on the replay ads. Yeah. So the day after the webinar, from August 30th to September 6th, when the webinar expired, we were retargeting all of our warm audiences, even if you didn't opt in with the webinar, with multiple ads that promoted the replay of this webinar that they could access at any time. And that is so valuable because number one, we were able I'm sure to reach people who hadn't even heard of the webinar before and definitely didn't register, but this is a a free piece of content. Why not watch? Um, And then of course, we were able to reach people who signed up and didn't attend and people who attended and just wanted to watch again. So we spent $19,973, so basically 20 grand on this webinar. And that was very planned, right? We wanted to spend $15,000 on the registration, $5,000 on the replay. That was great. The only issue was you know, the first few days, those Facebook campaigns just didn't work. And it was because I had too much competition with the seven-day mini class. So I had to turn that off. And that's okay. Okay.
0: So the mistake was you basically were running to the same audiences, the same cold traffic audiences for what it sounds like the 25th, the 26th, and then the 27th. You shut the seven day mini class off on the 27th, which was a hard decision because those leads are so good. Like to get that for a mini class, a buck 63, like that's amazingly good. All right. So that's where we're going to end it this week because uh, there are some issues that Molly is dealing with here in step number two of the train my traffic person launch, which we're going to get into in next week's episode right now. She's having an issue with two conflicting campaigns. What does she actually do? And more importantly, what does she actually do with all that retargeting? Cause there are steps three through six, which we need to get through in next week's episode. So stay tuned till next week to see exactly what happens in this launch. And, um, I will say this is that the launch does end up being very successful. They spend about 90 to hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, Facebook ad spend at about a five X ROAS. So you definitely want to listen to next week to see exactly how they resolved step two on this webinar and why this seven day mini class and this first webinar conflicted with each other and what she did to resolve it as well as steps three through six. So Yeah, next week, we're going to talk about all that and get into some real nitty gritty here. So thank you for listening for this week. This has been episode 225 of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. For more resources and all the things that we mentioned inside this show this week, go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 225. I'm your host alongside co-host Molly Pittman. Until next week, see ya